Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whoever you are, whether you're watching or listening. This is a chat about football and today um, I have a very special episode today because I'm joined with someone who I know very well, someone who I have a lot of admiration for and I'm not going to babble on because this is a woman that I feel is an exceptional writer. She writes on things on all things Chelsea, on the Chelsea Echo and she does the Offside Rule podcast and a very, very dear friend of mine. I've been grateful. I've uh, been grateful and very glad to meet through the becomes diversification media program. But without further ado, I have with me here Chelsea Harper. How are you doing, mate? You're right. I'm good, thanks, Joel. And oh, that was such a nice intro. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. Trust me. It's only the truth, mate. It's only the truth. How have you been finding <laughs> things? How's how's lockdown been? I know it's been alright. Um, I think writing kind of cooled down a bit when there was no football to talk about, but now it's back, so that's oh, normal definitely. now. <laughs> definitely. I feel like it's, it's funny how this works because football was away for so long, but it's like London buses, isn't it? Now football sort yeah. of comes back. Now they're all, it's all coming at once. War games and we know what to do with. To be honest, yeah, so. now it's too much work. Before I had nothing, <laughs> but now it's just too much. Oh, gosh. But anyway, for anyone that doesn't know what we're going to do today, this is... Um, well, I called it 15-minute fan time when we first introduced the segment, but I'm going to call this episode a chat about Chelsea, and it's ironic about I call it about a chat about Chelsea because I reckon it, it's a double entendre. I've got a chat about Chelsea Football Club with Chelsea Harper. So, you know, I mean, Chelsea runs through her veins, unfortunately, in it. I feel like, <laughs> like it's not the best club in London. Well, but hey, in, in my hey. my own opinion, Let's not but. Start this early <laughs> Me and Chelsea were uh, privileged enough to do an interview for an article that I'll be writing on my blog. Me being me, I forgot to record the interview and the, the record button wasn't working. So we're doing a basically a rehash of the interview that we did uh, quite a while ago. So forgive me if I'm missing out a few sort of blocks on the Chelsea timeline. I'm literally just filling in the gaps, but also sort of getting sort of the lowdown from Chelsea from her last sort of, let's just call it the last decade supporting Chelsea. Well, from that 2012 Champions League run, a bit onward from there and just sort of you fill in the gap from there. So, but I was going to get into just asking first and foremost, why are you a Chelsea fan? Um, well, as you said, like I was named after clubs, so I didn't really have much of a choice. Um, <laughs> people still ask that. They know, oh no, did your dad name me after club? Yes, he generally did name me after the club. Uh, and then you get people saying, oh, we're lucky you didn't sport Arsenal, we're lucky you didn't sport Spurs. I'm going to call that. And it's like, no I can end this before. podcast right here, you know, after saying that. No, no. I. I didn't really have a choice, but I didn't have it any other way. So, yeah, I was oh, sport enough. in the clubs. I went to quite a few matches yeah. with my dad and my brother when I was younger. Oh, do you still go to quite a few now? Is it something that you go every single game or is it something you just go here and there? No, unfortunately, I can't afford a season ticket to go every single game. But yeah. I do go to, like, a lot of cup matches. And I've been lucky enough to go to quite a few matches this season as well. Oh, nice um, one. The one against Spurs, where we... Did the double over Mourinho. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately, the Bayern Munich game as well, which wasn't as great. Oh, I love that game. That, that game was one of my favourites, honestly. Seeing Alfonso David to tear down that left wing. It was really difficult <laughs> sports, just not on yeah, our of course. side. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, to be honest, you have Champions League football in your stadium, to be honest. So I, I, I remember a time when we used to have that, so it can't have been that, that bad. <laughs> And if, if you, if you want to sort of, literally before we get to the main episode, I thought I'd just sort of lynch my era support as well to say, you know what, if you want to talk about fresh things at home to buy Munich, I think we're experts in that department, so don't worry about it, it happens, you know what I mean? I, they've done it to everyone this time. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, I was going to ask as well, um, 
What's been, to go into sort of what I want to specifically offer this question, what's been your favourite memory supporting Chelsea as well, do you reckon, of the last sort of time you've been supporting? Um, it's definitely the Champions League final in 2012. Um, <sighs> nothing beats it, to be honest. Um, yeah, it was just not even like the last game where we went to penalties, there's Drogba scoring the winning penalty. It was also, you know, the whole journey leading up to that, you know, coming, get, coming back against Napoli and then the semi-final against Barcelona so yeah and I definitely I think as any football fan your dream is to sort of win the Champions League so I'd be foolish kind of to say any other anything else it's definitely yeah. a memory oh, I can imagine I feel I, I want to dissect that run as well I want to sort of ask you specifically as well like, I feel like you told me a lot about that run and told me about how you felt at Dimitrio how sort of the confidence was rising a bit but when you when you talk about that final to me as well because you said that um Bumper, you're watching it with your dad was it your dad you're watching it with or did I get that wrong? Yeah, yeah, I was just, I watched it with my dad and like, I think my brother and I think it was just them two, I think, at home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, nowhere special, literally just at home. But um, yeah, I don't know, it just seemed like the odds were against us. Obviously it was in their stadium, like we go 1-0 down and then we get a goal back and, and then it goes to penalties and it's thinking like, well, no English team has ever, you know, England don't win against Germany on penalties. So <laughs> <laughs> you go into that thinking that and then I think we missed the first one. Um so it literally goes down to, you know, to the last penalty being taken. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I said, when I was like watching my dad, he was actually pacing in and out of the room like he couldn't watch the penalties at all. Like, penalties are great to watch when it's not your team involved. But when you think of a Champions League final and penalties, oh, honestly, it was so nerve-wracking. But the, the thing is with that, uh, that run, for example, leading up to the final, right? And you said that, for example, like when I was talking to you that, like leading up for like the round of 16, the quarterfinal against Benfica, semi-final, that dramatic win against uh, Barcelona. Was it that point where you started to believe or was it even when you went into the final, you were still a bit nervous, still a bit uncertain as well? Yeah, no, it was definitely a lot. Like, I was still so nervous going into that final. It's like, I don't know. I think when we got Barcelona in the semi-finals, it was like, oh, we've had a good run. <laughs> and no <one> <laughs> we were having a bad season anyway. We got Di Matteo in, like... All of us are just like, you know what, go as far as you can go. I think it gave us some hope, but going against like someone like Bayern Munich in the final, you're still like, oh my God, this is going to be a huge task. Yeah, like you said, in their backyard as well. And I feel like when, mm. when, it, it, for example, when was it, I can't remember who scored it, was it Thomas Muller that scored that head of the, the first goal, right? And in those five minutes before Drogba scored that equaliser, we just think, you know, game done. And when even when Mata sort of was taking that corner, do you not really think anything of it? Or are you thinking, if we get one more chance, we might be able to sort of nick something? Or... It's hard because I think when you go into a Champions League final, like even though, even if like all odds are against you, you're like, you have some sort of faith that you're going to make it just because you've come so far and you can't think otherwise. Full of like losing in a Champions League final, like, trust me, I've been there. It's like horrible. <laughs> I've been there too, mate. I've been there too. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you can't, you can't even let that get into your head at the time. You're like, no, like, you can't think of anything else. So you kind of put all your faith into it. Well, as a, even though, that being said, it was still really unexpected. Yeah, and then Jogba got that header. And then from there, are you thinking we're going to win it? Or are you thinking, you know what, we've got an equaliser. At least we've got an equaliser. Yeah. I think the last thing I wanted to happen was for it to go to penalties. Yeah. I think... It, I, I think for me, the, the moment I knew it turned was when Czech saved that penalty from Robin that extra time. For mm. some reason, it felt like yeah. he went through that much and the guy that scored the equaliser, Drogba, concedes the penalty. Do you get what I mean? So it's yeah. kind of, it compounds it even more. You kind of think, 
how on earth has the young I mean, Chelsea sort of got to that point when they've got back into that game and then now they're in, on, on a verge of throwing it away and then Robin misses it and then I'm thinking, these lot, there's something in the air today. I don't yeah. know where it is. No, I get you. It's sort of like that switch where it's like, oh my God, if Robin's missed it, we might have it. Here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could kind of say the same thing about the um, Man United final. But it's like Ronaldo missed, so it's like, oh my god, we oh, might okay, have yeah, it here. So, yeah. But no, I really got what you mean. But yeah, when Matt, I think it was Matt who missed the first one, and it was just, oh my god. I, I think I've got two more things to talk about that final because for me it's painful because again, London club that hasn't won a trophy to, uh, to the Champions League, talking to a fan of a team that has won the Champions League, which is a bit annoying because as the as the Chelsea fan, that to remind us a lot of the time. But do you think you can appreciate how big of a win was it that now? Obviously, you appreciate it now at the time. Uh, sorry, at, at the time now, but uh, back then in 2012, right, when you look at how you had John Terry injured, uh, no, suspended, you had Ramirez suspended, Evander suspended, Ryan Morales suspended as well. Do you look at that thinking Ryan Bertrand starting left midfield that <laughs> it was bigger than you, you think it was at the time? Like, yeah, no, definitely. Um, when you look at the team we filled, you're like, how how the hell have we done this? I have no idea. John John Obi <laughs> as DM, like. Yeah. Oh my god, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Um, with the hell of a drug I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, that 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 man in finals. I think don't talk to me about that man because as a, as an Arsenal fan, what was it? Eleven goals in twelve games. A record like that, he just yeah. loved us. But I think one last thing I wanted to ask: How did we celebrate it? When I know that when Jogger penalty went in, what were your emotions the moment it went in, and what was it like in the days since, like the uh, days after? Did you get to go to the parade or anything like that? Like, how did it all work out? Yeah, um, so yeah. So when it went in, oh my god, like I can't even describe it. I was just screaming or something in my living room, um, and then I went to the parade with my family and stuff. Because I think back then, <sighs> how old was I? Fourteen, fifteen, maybe. I don't know, you tell um, me. Yeah, so I can't really do much. I <laughs> 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 can't really do much. So yeah, I just went to the parade and stuff. But no, like, I, I was old enough that, like, it's still, like, such a vivid memory in my head. Yeah. And yeah, it always mean a lot to me. It's, it's good to hear, Tony. It's good to hear. But I think, yeah, now I think we're going to have to sort of flip the switch as well, go the other way. Well, let's go back to to that, that day in Moscow in, in 2008. Uh, would you say that's your worst Chelsea memory or do you reckon you've had worse? Yeah, definitely my worst. Uh, uh, I've talked about this uh, with Chelsea before, but I think I want to get to tell it again because you talked about Munich, so now we're going to talk about Moscow, right? But um, where, where were you at the time? You said you were in the year six school trip as well, so could you sort of relay how it was sort of watching that game back then? Yeah, yeah. so I was younger then, probably like 12, I think. Yeah. And yeah, I was on, yeah, I to- as I told you, I was on this like year six trip, like Devon or something, you know, you always go on like a, trip somewhere when you're yeah, yeah. in primary school um and like the final happened like to be during that week so like we were literally in this like in the middle of Devon in this big house they had this like room and stuff and this tiny tv in the corner and like the whole yeah. class of like 25 30 people were watching it and my best friend at the time was Manchester United fan I was like sitting next to her and yeah. oh my god it was so stressful and you know, like when you have a bad loss, you just want to kind of like sit there and like be by yourself and like, <laughs> and, like you want to soak in your room for a bit. You yeah. don't want to have like another 25 eyes on you because they all know you're the Chelsea fan. So it's like, yeah, it was horrible. Um, but yeah, I think I said to you as well, like the only silver lining was that is that my dad wasn't there because I know if my dad, he would have been fuming. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I actually wanted to talk to uh, talk about your dad for a bit, right? Because I know that, for example, you said you're from, um, you're named uh, Chelsea, right? I know your, your dad is a massive Chelsea fan. 
Like, how how far does his sort of Chelsea lineage go back as well? And like, is it something where is it is it because he also lived in the local area that he supports Chelsea as well? Or is it just because he was a fan of the team? Uh, yeah, I think I asked him this. Um, it's not from weirdly, it's not from his dad. My granddad wasn't a Chelsea supporter. Um, I think he like got it from his like cousins or his right friends or stuff. They would literally go to game every single home and away game from the. From the age of like 16, he went to every single game. That's what he's told me anyway. Um, so yeah, like that's sort of where he got his passion from it. It was more like the atmosphere of like going to games, like to and from, and like that was literally just his life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think he got it from his friends. It wasn't a family thing. Because the thing is with Chelsea as well, like, I know that um, Chelsea was that to sort of remind some fa- um other fan sample that they weren't just a club that were formed in 2003. They had like some, <laughs> no, I'm being they have some heritage uh, going back as well. And in the late, uh, early 70s, no one really knows that they did win like uh, an FA Cup in 17, they won a cup in this cup in 71, they won a few league cups in and around that time yeah. as well, right? Is it something that probably you get told as well? That's something that you've had to sort of discover and go on, go on and sort of think, oh, yo, there were, there were trophies before, bro. <laughs> No, um, he definitely tells me enough, although I yeah. do that. Um, but he makes me watch, like, oh, I think during lockdown especially, I've been watching like, <laughs> football matches. I've, like, had the time, so I'm like, oh, I'll watch that. So yeah. I think I watch that, like, cup final against Leeds in the 1970s. Oh, that game, yeah. It was a dirty final. It was a dirty, yeah. dirty final, yeah. It's weird. It's weird watching <laughs> it back. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, he likes to remind me a lot that there was a bit... To be fair, he's quite honest. He's like, no, we were terrible. <laughs> like during the eighties and stuff, like constantly being promoted, relegated, promoted. Oh yeah, during the eighties, definitely. Yeah. He was like, I didn't go for the quality match. I just. I know. <laughs> uh, there's other things that will go around through, uh, around Chelsea that time, but I'm not going to mention those. I think we'll move on from those things. <laughs> but um, I wanted to sort of go on to uh, asking you as well. Who's been your favourite uh, player at Chelsea? Sort of favourite ever player? I feel like this is such a like cliche answer, but it has to be Frank Lampard. Oh, does it? Yeah. <laughs> Just has to be. I think growing up, he was always like my idol. Um, and now, like, it's even sweeter that he's now, like, you know, the boss. The manager, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I loved him. Obviously, Chelsea's all time top goal scorer and stuff. You know, when he was on the pitch, like, I don't know, he could switch a game around. Like, he had his goals as well. And they weren't even like, easy goals he scored so many like amazing goals like long range shots like his control on the ball was incredible um yeah and he's like generally a really nice guy he seems so yeah no he's definitely my favorite player oh definitely I feel like you have to have sort of special sort of hatred to not like Frank Lampard at all honestly I think he's a lovable guy and I think with him as well is it something where when he took over the job were you happy that he took over the job or is it a bit like were you a bit reticent because of him being a Chelsea player and he didn't want to spoil that legacy in that sense yeah, no, I was actually really, like, sceptical, like, when there were rumours about him being the next Chelsea manager. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I would love him to be a Chelsea manager, but in that context and, like, in this type of circumstances at the time, I was like, no, this is way too early. Like, he's really inexperienced. He's only had the one season at, like, Derby, and, you know, we just saw Stephen Hazard. We've got the transfer ban. And stuff like that. Yeah, so, like, with the transfer ban, with us losing Eden Hazard and with him being an inexperienced manager... I thought yeah. it was way too soon for him to become manager. Um, and obviously, knowing what it's like at Chelsea and how, you know, we deal with things, it's like, unless you have an incredible season, like, you're out the door. Like, yeah. you can't have a good season. You have to win, you have to win something. You have to, yeah. you know, have an incredible season for, in order to stay on. And I thought, you know, given the circumstances, that's just not going to happen. Um, so that's why I didn't want him to become manager. 
yeah. to be fair, he's done a pretty good job. Yeah, I think I think he's done uh, not too badly. I think I'm going to come back to Lampard uh, towards the end of the, the program. I reckon it's entertaining for a neutral, but I imagine as a Chelsea fan, do you reckon uh, even just getting top four is a victory in itself? Or is it something that you kind of feel like, you know what, it is a victory, but Lampard still maybe sort of, we want sort of to push on for more. Like, do you know what I mean? Is it for a bit of a hollow feeling or will you sort of be very happy to get top four? Yeah, no, I think I'd be like thrilled to get top four. Um, cause I, as I was saying, at the beginning of the season, if you said to me now, oh, you know, you've got four games to go, five games to go, whatever. You're in the, you're in top four and you're in the semi-finals, the FA Cup. I'd be like, fair enough. <laughs> like, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I think if we do finish in top four, that will be a success to him. Obviously, considering everything else that was going on in the club at the time. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, f- fast forward from 2012. Now we're doing it at the last dance. We're literally just changing timelines. But going back to 2012 now, right? And Dimitrios won that Champions League. Um, yeah. But in November, he gets sacked. How, what, like, what were your feelings when he got sacked at that time? For example, someone, seeing someone win two trophies, the FA Cup and the Champions League, in like, very sort of difficult circumstances after VS Boas, and then suddenly he just gets you know, I mean, kicked to the kick to the curb by Abramovich. What did you make of that at the time? Yeah, no, I was absolutely gutted. Like, I honestly thought, now Demon it's weird because I think we always... We always knew he wasn't going to be like a permanent, you know, like replacement and stuff. He was always seen as like sort of temporary. But you yeah. think if someone wins the Champions League, you know, you can give him like the job. Like they'll be doing fine. Like I know he had a bit of a bad start to next season, but I don't know. I no, I was honestly guided. Like I would have been happy for him like to carry on with Di Matteo. I I just I just find it strange because uh, for two reasons, right? Um, first one is because. If you have a manager that's finally won you the Champions League, something that you've coveted for so long, it's, yeah. it's public knowledge that Abramovich came into Chelsea to sort of push them on and win the Champions League, right? And then to have um, Di Matteo go so unceremoniously, I thought, wow, it's very, very harsh. But what made it even worse and what made it more confusing was the fact you brought in Benitez after that as well. Like, how did you react to it at the time, thinking, like, Rafa, what, 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 was that a left-field appointment for you? Yeah, no, it was a really weird situation because you go from, I don't know, probably like the peak of like Chelsea when you like go through the 2012 season and like winning the Champions League and you think, oh, it's all going to get better now. Yeah. And you see Di Matteo get sacked and then, you know, to replace him, you see Benitez. So it's like, I don't know, like, I don't think from the point, from like the time he appointed them, I don't think any Chelsea fan was happy. And yeah. I don't think they were ever going to accept him either. Because I think when you've got that much history with one of like, I don't know, one of your biggest rivals in Liverpool, which when you look at when we face them in Champions League over the past, what, 10 years or so. So many times. Them and, you know, sometimes yeah. it hasn't been happy. Um, like, happy result for us. Yeah. So I don't think the Chelsea fans ever warned him and they were ever going to, to be like, even if he was successful and even though he did win us the Europa League, like, it was never change. Yeah, and I guess in the Europa League final, do you have any that sort of special memory from that or would you just see it at the time as another trophy to win? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, before, I don't remember much from that Europa League final. I think it was just because you kind of have to give credit to Benito even they want to. Or it's like, fair enough, he actually did quite a good job in the time that he was there. I can't remember where we finished. It was like, third. Third it was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so to be fair, not a bad season, but I think it was just because of who he was. Like, 
And I think Chelsea fans knew he wasn't going to stay there very long, like anyway. So Yeah. I, I think the fact he was labelled interim manager sort of a, was like a chain around his neck he just couldn't get rid of. That didn't really help his sort of standing with the fans. And yeah. and I've, I don't think he did too badly. He reached the semi-finals of the FA Cup, semi-finals of the uh, League Cup, um, obviously won the Europa League as well and finished third. Like it, I, I feel like we'll talk about even Sari later on, but I feel like they're, they're sort of hallmarks it's, it's, it's the similarities in the sense of both managers finished third, won the Europa League, and uh, both ended up getting sacked at the end of the season, really. And I kind of thought, like, uh, what kind of club is, has that sort of atmosphere where you can do all of that and they still lose a job at the end of the season? Yeah, still not enough. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, it was weird. But yeah, like, I, the Europa League final was one with Toro scored, wasn't it? So it was a yeah, bit yeah. Having a link. I'm like back at Liverpool or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, Benitez and Torres literally working in full force once again. It just felt weird seeing him blue, I guess, isn't it? It was weird, yeah. Yeah. But um, moving on from uh, Benitez now, because obviously he, he had that little steady platform he gave you. Um, cause we'll talk about Eden Hazard um, towards the end of the sort of programme. But now, uh, moving on from Benitez, you had the... not the, It wasn't a special one he came back with. Was it the happy one that came in the second time? Um, <laughs> Portuguese manager. Um, he, he's he's at another part of London now, but um, back in 2013, he came back and his name's Jose Mourinho. So, how are you feeling, sort of seeing him coming back? And how do you sort of how do you look at his his spell, the second one at Chelsea, anyway? Yeah, um, I think when it was announced that he was coming back and stuff, I think any Chelsea fan was like really excited. Yeah, so obviously at that point, to be fair, to to this day, still he's still been like probably our greatest manager and it brought us like you know arguably the most success so when you see someone like that coming back to your club obviously you're going to be happy because and at that time we only had like found fond memories of him yeah um so yeah i think everyone was really excited i think he started well didn't he like come in the first season he's like second or something. the finish third uh semi-finals of the champions league yeah. uh fa cup they didn't sort of pull up any trees neither did they in the, the league cup but it was a solid start, and I remember uh, Eden Hazard getting Young Player of the Year, and that was a season where he he got rid of um, at the end of it he got rid of Czech, got rid of and uh, not Czech, so he dropped Czech, so he brought in Couture, brought in uh, Fabregas. Oh, that hurts me. He brought in Fabregas, he brought in Diego Costa, and you guys stormed to the title the next season as well. Do you have any memories from that season where you guys literally just sorted to it? I'm not gonna lie to you, you sorted to do that title. Yeah, no, I was going to say he brought in Woodin as well, didn't he? Yeah. He did quite a lot. Um, yeah, and obviously his second season was a lot more successful, well, not more successful, but yeah, winning the league title and stuff. So I think, I don't know, Chelsea fans could only be happy with him. And like, I think it was obviously the next season where everything sort of fell apart. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the next season. Cause we could talk about how Mourinho won trophies. Yeah, he, he's won three league titles. Like Everyone knows that. But how did you see the next season? Like, obviously, you weren't expecting it. But what were your feelings around that season? And where do you know, like, looking back at the time and looking back at it now, where do you feel like things went wrong? Um, it's weird. Like, the thing I remember most from that season um, was not really even, like, really the results, like the fact that we finished 10th. It was, like, just a weird atmosphere. Um, amazing. And, and <laughs> um, but it was just, he had such a weird relationship with, like, a lot of players during that time and it was like almost like a falling out between the manager and like the players it was such a weird atmosphere to have at the club it's yeah. something we hadn't had for like quite a while and 
obviously this is not how it's supposed to be you know Mourinho's like come back to like Chelsea yeah. and like you know yeah so it was I think that's the thing I remember the most it was just everything just felt different it was like it was weird you like you kind of have to pick between the players and your manager it's like oh yeah it shouldn't be the way um, like 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 you said he's such an influential figure as well I remember um it being so divided and so fractious in the fan base when mm. he did eventually go I remember uh, even uh, Chelsea fans mentioning about how um, when he even got sacked, it was apparently because of mutual um, consent. But everyone knew he got sacked. But even that was a point of sort of consternation for Chelsea fans as well. So when you saw him leave, I know that eventually, you know that things, like you said, became untenable, right? And, um, and Manalo, I think the director said they were palpable discord between the players. But the more he actually did leave that day, was it sort of mixed feelings or was it a case of he, he did have to go? So I'm not going to argue with it in that sense. I know, from what I remember, I think it was like, okay, this is the time. Because you almost look at how bad we were doing and how, yeah. like, I don't know, how corrupt it got within the club. You're like, this can't go on any longer. Like, even though, like, you have so much love for Mourinho and, like, you respect him as, like, this amazing manager. Like, at the end of the day, you're like, you have to look at your club, like, first and foremost. It's like, if you're not getting results and if you, you know, this whole atmosphere is, like, so damaging to everyone involved like yeah yeah I think you have to go forward that way which is sad because I remember when he left it was like I still really loved him yeah sort of like you you almost put some blame on the players like oh like how can they make him feel that way or vice versa like you're right it's really divided the fan base because you either took his side or you took the player's side yeah Um, it should never be yeah yeah so when he was it was yeah when he left it was quite yeah, I can, I can imagine. So I think one, one thing that summed it up for me um, was Hazard being PFA Player of the Year um, that season and uh, the season before, sorry. And then at the end of the sort of the Mourinho's tenure, remember that Leicester game when they lost 2-1 and you had the Hazard, I think, limped off without really sort of doing much. I think someone tackled him, he just sort of walked off the pitch so like, easily, I thought. So it was really bad that if Hazard sort of makes such minimal fuss to come off the pitch, and you just yeah. saw it, like it just didn't feel right at all. And it felt weird seeing Chelsea that that, that machine, not like that, that ruthless machine, right? That just no matter what happens, no matter who comes, trophies are there or the performances will be there. But for that stand to drop so much, it I don't know, like, it, I, I guess it was shocking, isn't it, for me? Just yeah, shocking. Definitely. Yeah. The worst season I'd ever witnessed, anyway. Um, yeah, it was a beautiful guy. season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just forget about that one. Yeah, and we, we will forget about that one because um, a certain Italian manager came uh, by the name of Antonio the next season and took you guys, took you guys back to the top. Uh, so I know that, you, judging by the big smile on your face, I know that you, you love Conte as well. We talked about this. So uh, refresh my mind again. How, how good was Antonio Conte? How, how did he lift the mood of the club when he first came back? And what do you reckon really helped him sort of win the fan base over? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so this is a weird one. I mixed opinions on Antonio Conte, but I honestly like love him. He was probably one of my favorite managers. Like, obviously, apart from like Mourinho's first first foul and like Di Matteo winning the Champions League. Like, yeah, just putting them to a side, and he's probably my favorite manager. Which is weird because some people didn't like him. I think that's just because I don't know the way he played and his formation was so different to what everyone was used to. Really? Yeah. Who didn't like him in that first season when we got 30 league wins? And... Fans. Like, they're just... Really? That's a hard to please. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I think it was just take, like, the formation was 
like got some getting used to but I don't know yeah the passion he brought to the club and like he like lifts everyone's spirits again it was almost like we were going up again and he had such a good relationship with the fans and like the players or I thought so anyway so yeah I know it was definitely like he was so passionate and like you want that as a manager like when you're a fan of a club you want someone who's on the touchline screaming and like you know getting aggravated with their players like cheering them on like that's something you want and that's what I always think of when I think of Conte so yeah no he was definitely one of my favorite there's one game that stands out for me I reckon um that's that game I can't remember what it was um was it I think you beat was it that you beat Chelsea um Everton 5-0 at home or the, the game where I think was it the the Bashwai game we we won the winner at Stanford, the winner at West Brom and the scenes that like, I, I just like I feel like you, like you said like to see a manager celebrate with his players so enthusiastically as well I think it's not something I've seen from a manager from a while I think Jurgen Klopp is the one that we've seen later on that's done that but Conte I think he's the first one we've seen in a long time where everyone just warmed to how much he cared. Just loved it, really. Everyone yeah. just got invested in it. I think it was, um, he went on that long unbeaten run as well, didn't he? And, like, yeah, 13 league wins, yeah. Had that big win against like Man- Manchester United and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they were pretty good. Well, do you reckon at that point, right, when Conte put four over Mourinho, right, do you reckon at that point all your feelings to Mourinho are, are not dead, but really sort of like, pretty much insignificant at that point when Conte scores four, or was it still mixed feelings at that point? I think it was definitely like revenge because he'd gone to like Manchester United and I think everyone was like shocked when he did um, yeah. go to Manchester United. It was like, I don't know, like, I guess you sort of learned to live with that. But yeah. as soon as like it was announced that he was going to Spurs, I was like, oh God. Okay, yeah, he, he doesn't care anymore now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I always love him as a manager. I know loads of Chelsea fans can never like see him that way anymore. No, it is still weird thinking him as manager of Spurs, to be honest. Fair enough, fair enough. I think coming towards the end of the Conte's reign, how, how did you feel to see him go in the end? I know that because you finished fifth, right? Uh, five points um, away from, um, if, I, if memory serves me correctly, Liverpool in fourth. And um, the relationship with certain players became strained, like, especially that Diego Costa, Diego Costa fiasco as well. Like, how did you feel that season was, the second season, after you won that title? Where do you think it went wrong for you? Yeah, I don't know. It was weird because he seemed to have such a positive relationship with loads of the players. And then obviously, I think loads of Chelsea supporters can't forgive him for the um, his whole like fallout with Diego Costa and how he let him go and everything. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was part like a lot down to that because everyone respected Costa so much and like he had been such a, like a big part of our, you know seasons and our winning campaign so I think that had a lot to do with it and it's almost like he seemed to fall out with a few of the players as well which is weird because you know the first season he was there it seemed like everyone was like on board and everyone was like had this like close-knitted like I don't know relationship yeah so yeah I think that had something to do with it the whole Diego Costa situation I think for me it was a shame because um as a neutral, though, to see someone get a hundred, uh, was it ninety-three points in their first season, sort of uh, managing Chelsea, right? And to do it to such a good standard, winning thirty league games, a record at the time, and to see it like dissipate, uh, I think it's a Chelsea thing. There's something around that club. Would you agree with me? Where um, a manager can't stay too long unless it gets a bit stale. Like, do, do you know what I mean? Do you feel like it, there's that, that risk of that at time Chelsea, where whoever is in the hot seat, you can have Guardiola in there. After four seasons, he goes. Like, do you reckon it's a Chelsea thing or do you reckon it's just 
sometimes managers, unfortunately, just have a, a, a like bad luck of managers, do you reckon? Yeah. I haven't thought of that. It probably is a Chelsea thing. Um, yeah, they literally spend, what, no longer than three seasons of us and they're out sort of thing, which is sad to think of that because obviously seeing Frank Lampard in charge now, I'm waiting for they, it. Oh, I'll be so sad. Like, I literally will be heartbroken. Like, you get used to it as a man when managers come in and out. And that's why you don't really get attached to them. You're like, you're going to be here like a season or two. You'll win us something and then you'll go. <laughs> now Frank Lampard is like, oh, God. Oh, gosh, you're waiting for it. It's like, you know, it's like a, you're, you're reading a book. You know the ending and you're thinking, oh, just don't let it be too brutal. Yeah. This is why, like, even, you know, more so we want him to do so well. See, I think it's... It, it is a bit different, I think, obviously, with Abramovich, like, bringing Lampard in. I think if it was any other manager and they'd finished where he's probably going to finish this season, he probably would let him go. But I think yeah. because it is Lampard, he, you know, you have a little bit of leeway. Like, he's going to give him some more time than he usually does. And um, I want to ask, right, um, compare Lampard to his pre- predecessor, um, Sari, right? It seems weird because I've read a statistic saying that Lampard's uh, Chelsea uh, at the end of the West Ham game were nine points worse than um, uh, Sarri's team at the start of the, uh, start of last well at the same stage last season, right? They conceded um, quite a few more goals. I think the only time they've ever conceded more goals in the Premier League season was um, in the mid nineties. I think the ninety six ninety seven season. If I'm correct, I might be corrected. Like, but why do you feel like um, people sort of view what Lampard's doing? mainly positively even even with its faults and sorry they didn't maybe get the same benefit of the doubt yeah no, I'll put my hands up and say defensively this season we've been absolutely appalling like yeah. we are awful like honestly yeah. and yeah you look at the stats like that and it's really bad and it's something we need to like work on come next season um I think attacking wise we're fine um and I think the only reason people have you know um regarded Lampard as his good manager this season is because as I said like the circumstances like you know sorry still had Hazard he still had he he could buy players he, you know he was more experienced yeah. whereas Lampard wasn't so I think when you take into account them factors he's done well obviously you look at the defence and it's been it has been horrible yeah and I think I don't know like hands just didn't warm to sorry I think the relationship with the fan wasn't there you know they didn't like his style of play I remember when he brought Jorginho in, loads of the fans, including myself, you know, didn't didn't like Jorginho. Um, so yeah, I think it was just more of a personal relationship with Sorry that people didn't like. And to this day, people still don't like him. But I think a lot of Chelsea fans now respect what he did and respect the fact that, you know, he won the Europa League. He came third. Yeah. Even though I don't know how he come third. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm an Arsenal fan. I was thinking, you know what, it's made for us. And then... Yeah. You take third from us and then the Europa League final, you, you can talk about it if you want to. You, I mean, you know the squad. I don't, you don't need to, like, I mean, how's that final for you? Like, what did you make of it? <laughs> I can just see you asking that question, not one of like, through gritted teeth, like, how did you... Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it was good. Um, I, I, was, I was going into that final nervous because I honestly thought Arsenal were going to bring their A game because, you know... Something like... You need to do it much more than we did. I'm like, the first half was boring and 
And all of a sudden, oh, it went up in the second half. Yeah, maybe, because all it took was one goal from Chelsea to think, you know what, let's go for it now. You know, and they thought, you know, and then again, uh, I'm not going to go into it because, again, it, it speaks volumes to sort of how the mentality of Chelsea is to think, you know what, it's a final, we've got me to win, but we're going to win it anyway, and we're going to win it in style. But I think what Rob's so in the wheels was seeing Giroud score and him and the, him and the bus afterwards and the Europa League trophy saying what he said, and I thought. <laughs> Seeing that clip. <laughs> yeah, he, he's trying to kill any relationship that we had about him, innit? Any admiration. So it was tough to take, it was. But respect to Chelsea. And I think that sort of set the platform for me for what we've seen with Lampard now. Because I feel like with, with Chelsea, even with the youth players coming in, right? They get the ethos of what it means to be Chelsea. Even if they look at the, if everyone, if an outside, if an outside is looking at that season and they're looking at how things were rocky, things were. But looking at how Chelsea still finished further, still won the Europa League, I feel like from then you look you look at it as a player thinking if they've done that in those circumstances, then we've got to come in, even with as much sort of trouble as we have, and we still got to make something of it because that's what Chelsea Football Club is. Whereas I reckon if you had lost that final, it would have been a bit like, oh, but they've lost that final. You know what I mean? It would have sort of, I think, I don't know how to describe it, it's like the momentum from that final mm. has helped in some part for this season. But again, that could be just me and my opinion. So what do you feel like maybe? Do you reckon there is anything to sort of be grateful, too sorry for? Apart from the results-wise, but sort of maybe sort of like mentality-wise, would you reckon it was just a good clean break when it was? Yeah, no, it probably has. Um, it probably did give them a bit of momentum after that final and stuff. Obviously going into the next season on like a high. Um, and I think in the end, like it didn't end on bad terms with Sarah, I don't think. I think after that Europa League final, like fans were happy with him and obviously like it was a good moment for him and stuff, winning, I think, what was first like trophy or something yeah um so yeah i think i don't think it ended on bad terms um and probably you are right probably did give him momentum to go into next season on a high and that's the other thing with lampard it's for the first time it feels more of like a gradual process as you said he's bringing in these academy prospects and that's not not ever been the case with chelsea it's normally been like a short-term fix yeah it's like okay we'll have the success with this new manager and these two players for however many two three years and then you know, move on to next task. It's never really been like a gradual, oh, let's bring up these players from the academy and like, you know, let them grow and, um, you know, take that access from, you know, the youngsters. Yeah. But I think that's another positive thing about like Frank Lampard's complaining something completely differently. You can argue it and be like, well, we didn't really have a choice considering it's, you know, couldn't sign any players. But yeah, I think deep down, that's what something Lampard's passionate about and something he wants to do going forward. Yeah, I was going to ask that as well. How well do you think the young players have integrated into the team? Like, do you have any particular favourites as well? Um, there's so many. It's weird because you look at it, like, you can literally pick, like, there's Tammy, there's Mount, there's Gilmore coming through, there's Tamori, there's... Who have I missed? Reece James. James. Yeah, Reece. Yeah, to be fair, Reece James. Callum Hudson-Odoi. Yeah. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. <laughs> he's not a youngster, he's 27. We're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not playing the youngster card with him. But anyway, um, yeah, you're saying. Yeah, probably Reese James, probably my favourite. I don't know. I really like Reese James. I like Tammy. I like Mason yeah. Mount as well, even though he gets a lot of stick. Um, I think he's like so important in our games and the way like he presses and the way like he brings his energy to every single game. And like yeah. considering he's played the most Chelsea, most most matches out of any Chelsea player this campaign, wow. and he's still like that every yeah. single game. I think you know you have to give credit to him and also Tammy like. You'll get people saying, oh, he hasn't scored that many goals, but his first season in the Premier League or whatever, first season with Chelsea, and he's scoring that much at his age, I think is quite pretty impressive. Someone, Reese James, who's got so much confidence on the ball and, 
you know, he's definitely, if I had to put someone starting as a right back, he'd be my first choice. Yeah. Which is worrying. He's probably our best defender when you come to that. Uh, you've got Ziyech and you've got Vernon, right? About them coming in next season. Do you reckon the signs are promising next season? Do you reckon those are the signings that you wanted or you're excited about? Or do you reckon you've still got a few more signings to make? Do you reckon? Yeah, um, I'm definitely excited about them coming. I remember when they announced Ziyech, I was like over the moon. I was like, yes. When they announced Vernon, I was like even more shocked. I was like, yes. Um, and now there's like rumours about Havert, which obviously... I'm just putting my opinion out there. <laughs> I would love to have him at Chelsea, but in my like honest opinion, we need to be looking elsewhere. And I get how people are like, oh, if you have the opportunity to have him in your club, you take it, okay. But you know, our problems are elsewhere. Our problems aren't in attack. Yeah. <laughs> or in midfield, they're in the back. So it's definitely yeah. I think we need to work on that. I think there'll be amazing signings, like securing someone like Berner. Yeah. Incredible, and I don't think we'd be able to do that. Um, and Ziyech is amazing, like watching him play for Ajax and we played against him and stuff. He was like incredible. Yeah. Um, so no, I'm definitely excited about next season. So, so what do you reckon about, even about the keeper situation as well? Do you reckon Kepa, do you reckon he gets a lot of undue stick or do you reckon it's something where Chelsea do have to look elsewhere next season? Yeah. So this is the thing, with Kepa it's so complicated. And I remember at first I did defend him and was like, no, oh, like he... <laughs> You know, he'll grow, he'll get improved, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And then it's gotten to a point where it's like, I can't defend this anymore. Um, but the issue with Kepa is because he was so expensive, it's going to be yeah. so difficult to offload him. And, you know, get you can't keep him as your backup keeper. Like, yeah. You're going to have to sell him for, you know, a much lower price than what you bought and make a loss and then go from there. But because that issue, you know, is so complicated. Yeah. With coronavirus now, it makes it even worse as well. Yeah. Like the whole pandemic affecting the financial markets, yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of Chelsea fans have accepted that because it's such a complicated issue that's sort of been put to one side. And, like, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to get a new keeper in, but I just don't realistically see it happening, unfortunately. Uh, I don't know. Right, right. But I think, <laughs> again, as I asked the fact, I see my, my share of dodgy keepers. I'm just glad that we have two now that are actually... Yeah, I mean, just doing a good yeah, job, actually, yeah. Great. And then since Martinez has been in, he's been really good. Exactly, yeah, I've been, I've been very happy, you know what I mean? It's, it's been, there, there's been times where, I think you have it with Kepa now, we had it with Amunia, where a shot went on on goal and you cover your eyes and you hope that he's caught yeah, it. <laughs> I cover my eyes and it shouldn't yeah. be like that. Yeah, whereas with Martinez and uh, Leno, there's a sense of security where I feel like, um, with Emery, we were conceding a lot of shots at the start of the season, but we would have conceded, conceded a hell of a lot more if we weren't for Leno. I think he, in our opinion, he's been our player of the season, but uh, other, uh, other Arsenal fans might pick a Bamiyang. But I think even since Martinez is coming, I think, goodness me, for someone to come in and yeah. not look out of place at all, I think he's pushing Leno hard for that number one spot. So yeah, no. I would give you one of our keepers, but I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad to <laughs> yeah. see Chelsea. I happily take one. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad the roles are reversed for this. So um, I want to ask just one thing, right? You've had, so for you told me in the final point that you started supporting Chelsea in 2004. Um, it, like, it's convenient what? that you started supporting them. No, <laughs> no, but obviously since birth, but you remember stuff since 2004, since yeah, Mourinho yeah, first came Yeah, around that period, yeah. How's it felt growing up from that point onwards and seeing all the success that Chelsea have had as well? Is it something that you sort of appreciate for what it is? Or is it something that you've even been able to appreciate even more talking to like, your dad or other people as well? Yeah, I think I said this to you before, it's yeah. more of a case where I appreciate it a lot more now than I did back then. Yeah. Because as like vain and as spoiled as it sounds, like back then I didn't realise how 
like great awards I was like oh we won a title like you know probably so how, I would have been like around seven you know, yeah. when we first won a title so it's kind of when you like have your first vivid memories of like football anyway yeah um, so seeing that happening it's just like oh this this is normal like, you know to win the Premier League title like this is what your team's supposed to do must be nice must be nice <laughs> I think I know it sounds bad. I don't know how to put it in there. <laughs> it's so fine. It's like, don't worry you know, about it. So I think it's just been like the norm. So I've just sort of accepted that that's the way it is and that's the way it should be. Um, so I think back then I definitely didn't appreciate it. Yeah. And now like looking back, I'm like, I know that was our first title in 50 years. That's a really big deal. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, I think you, you summed up so perfectly. So I, I think I might have to sort of get you to do one last thing. If you have to sum up these last 15 years in one word, from 2005, from that first Premier League title with Mourinho, to this point now with Lampard, how would you describe it in one word? In one word? Um, yeah. Emotional? Emotional. I, <laughs> I don't know. I think we should swap words. I would, I would have described it as magical. But emotional is what Arsenal have been feeling the last 15 years. But... <laughs> That's why I, mean. I don't want to say, because like, we have had our negatives. Um... Yeah. And I, yeah, emotional. Every match I watch is emotional. Like, oh, okay. like Crystal Palace game a few days ago, that was emotional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But honestly, Chelsea, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, uh, mate. And I hope everyone listening to it has enjoyed it as well. Honestly, this is someone who I can't emphasize enough for some wonderful, wonderful work on uh, All Things Chelsea, the Chelsea Echo, and the Offside Rule podcast. And Chelsea, if you want to tell them maybe your Twitter and your uh, other handles they can sort of follow you on and get uh, more of your content yeah so I mainly just use Twitter for my work so it's just at Chelsea Harper underscore and that will be where I post all my work from the different websites I write for um, yeah so you can check it out there oh, brilliant alright so guys thank you so much for listening to the chat about football if you want to listen to us we're on Spotify Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts um, this is an audio episode but we'll be coming out of our YouTube episode uh, episode very very soon uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ACAF underscore podcast. Uh, but yeah, until then, thank you all for listening. And until the next time, thank you again. And thank you for listening to Chat About Football. All the best and bye.